When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for chumba casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No this is Charlie Parsons for Boxing Social in Association with William Hill and Empire Fight Store. I've got Edward sporting a cardigan on my screen. It is Tuesday at 8 p.m. You're uh, you cold, mate. Can't afford the heat. Oh, I don't know why I'll put this on today, to be fair. But it's the weather's starting to turn a little bit, Parsons. You don't strike me as a man who struggles to afford his heating bill at the end of the month. Yeah, great banter, mate. <laughs> what have you been up to today, Sean? Um, I've been in London today, Sean. I've been in meetings with the BBC and I've all, I'm about to start my new podcast series. Had a very interesting sit down with Zarnell Hughes, the uh, the sprinter, um, British hundred meters and two hundred meters record holder. Learning a bit about athletics, performance, life as we get ready for, and then doing other bits of media. Chris Mannix podcast, sitting down with you, other bits of media ahead of uh, the big night on Saturday, which we're buzzing for in Sheffield. A big night on Saturday is, I suppose. Firstly, let's recap on last weekend's action. Um, not to be for Jordan Thompson, but I suppose firstly, before we talk about what a great we watched in Jaya Pattaya, he took that shot when not many would. Mastanek didn't take it. Riakpour didn't take it. Um, fair play to him. Wasn't to be on his night, but he can come again and move up to heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, I see, you know, straight away, it's like, oh, he was out of his depth, shouldn't have been in there. Like, you know, it's very difficult when you get offered an opportunity. Obviously, we know... The weight is very tight for Thompson at Cruiserweight. We know he's not going to be there for long. It's a chance of a big payday, a shot to nothing, probably before he makes the inevitable move to heavyweight. And he can really punch. And like he's a talented kid. But until you make that jump, 
you never really know. And, you know, for the criticism that comes after, like, oh, you know, you shouldn't have been in there. Like, we, we know there was a massive gap in experience. But until you roll the dice, you just don't know. So um, it's not like Jordan Thompson has had, you know, the, the backing over the years and the experience to give him every fight he needs to get into the perfect position. So he rolled the dice, he come up against, I think, you know, the big reaction from UK fight fans is Opatara is special, you know, and he gained a lot of fans on Saturday night and, and you saw a fantastic fighter on these shores. So respect to Jordan, but Jai was just too good, too strong, too vicious, too, too everything really. And uh, I like him. I like him a lot. I think a lot of people have uh, jumped on the Opatara bandwagon. A lot of people have. Um, what's next for him afterwards? He spoke about being so excited about sort of being able to do things properly in Australia. I know that he spoke before about his frustrations on fighting of the undercards of football players, which seems to be the thing sometimes in boxing in Australia. Is it now your job and the hands of Tasman fighters to turn him into what he can be and a pioneer in the sport, really, in Australia, the way it's going? Yeah, he should He should be a superstar in Australia. I mean, they're not. it's not like they're aliens. They're like us. They love sport. They, they, they're knowledgeable people. They're knowledgeable fans. They like a night out. They like a beer. You know, we're very similar in culture, I think. And when you get a guy who dethrones the king of the division at the time and does it with a broken jaw and goes nine rounds, he should be a national hero. But the, the audience in Australia is small. Um, now on Saturday, they've now got a guy that's come to someone's backyard defended his title, bashed him up and made a big name for himself around the world. So I'm sure you're going to see the popularity increase. And that's the plan now. You know, he does have a mandatory in Maris Bradis. Of course, he wants to unify. But with Billam Smith fighting a Coley or by the looks of things, I think it's time to get the mandatory out of the way, maybe in December or January, and then unify the division next spring, summer and keep okay. going. Keep going until you've got every belt. I, I, I see him as a massive favourite against every champion. It emerged afterwards a lot of people. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're speaking about how he's probably, if anyone's going to replicate the style of Alexander Rusik, it would be him. Tyson Fury has approached him uh, sparring for that fight. You think that makes sense? Uh, for Tyson Fury, yeah. I mean, I don't think it makes sense for Jai Alpatara, and I don't think Jai Alpatara is a sparring partner. So, you know, uh, I think unless he's fighting someone who can replicate Tyson, he's replicated Tyson Fury's style. I don't really see the value in in doing that. And obviously, he's not going to come over from Australia to do it. But look, it's his call. But I think 
it's more now about staying in Australia and preparing for that next defence. Let's pick up on the other uh, fight of the weekend, Canelo Alvarez and Jamal Charlo. Um, a little bit strange, to be honest, from about the fourth round on, Charlo just not really willing to engage. He couldn't gain Canelo's respect in there. Uh, what did you make of it all? It just didn't look like he really tried, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know whether a fighter... You know, I just feel like fighters sometimes get to a comfortable point where it's like, it looked like, come on, let's just, I don't really want to get hurt in here, so let me get my money and then we can all just shake hands after and toodle off into the sunset, which is really not a great look when you're talking the way you talk to the press conference. And look, you know, it's difficult to criticise someone not having a go because when you get in there and you're fighting a beast like Canelo and you realise this guy is too heavy for you, too strong for you, like, I don't, it's hard to blame someone for going, okay, I'm just going to not try now and just try and survive. But it's not really the code of the sport. It's not really what you're selling as a fighter. You know, you often hear a fighter say, I'd rather go out. You know, even Jordan Thompson on Saturday said, I would have rather get chinned. I said, well, you got saved from being chinned badly. But how many fighters actually, when they say, I'd rather go out, knocked out, trying, than actually not? How many actually mean that a lot of them do but charlo didn't he never really took chances he never really rolled the dice and i didn't think he looked in great shape either i don't know whether that's just because he's up at 168 but when i saw him in the change room i thought you look in no condition you know let me pick up on that Derek james made some comments earlier in the week uh or it may have been around around the way in that he wishes that Charlo came in a little bit lighter. Now, Charlo mm. came in, I think, at 167.5. Mm. Now, looking back on hindsight and maybe with those comments, do we put that down to a lack of discipline, perhaps? <clears throat> I don't know. I think sometimes when you're coming up two divisions, you're kind of eating your way up there and like you're not really taking care of your diet in the same way. Obviously, you're not making weight. You think you can afford to eat more, fuel yourself more. But he just didn't look in shape. Like, if you would have looked at Charlo's physique, you'd think it's very unlikely that you are going to beat Canelo Alvarez. I know physiques don't win fights, but, like, if you're 154 coming to a 168, you've got to carry power, you've got to carry strength. You've got, And he just looked like a, you know, like, looked like a chubby 168. Like, and he's not. He's a ripped-up 154. So, I guess... What we find again is there are weight classes for a reason. And we've all been guilty of taking fights at different weights because you think you might have the speed and you think you might do this. But how often does someone step up two divisions and actually win? You know, it wasn't Kelbrook against Gennady Golovkin. It wasn't Charlo against Canelo Alvarez. Will it be Conor Ben against Chris Eubank? Can he flip the script? But it is difficult moving up those weight classes. And... Charlo just couldn't do it, but it was the lack of ambition that I think people were frustrated about, to be honest with you. It was a very- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jake Paul fight. Off the back of it, Jake Paul hit out with a uh, a very funny fight poster of the two of them. 
<laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, look, Jake's, you know, his job is to make noise and he does it brilliantly. Um, I mean, to put it into perspective, Jake Paul lost to Tommy Fury. So the, you know, the, the credentials to land a Canelo Alvarez shot probably don't sit too well right now. But, you know, I think when Canelo's done, would he look at that? If there was a load of money, maybe. Probably, I, I don't think so, knowing him. But, you know, Jake's got to make his noise and creating posters and stuff like that certainly gets people talking. Do you think Jake deep down thinks he beats Canelo? I mean, quite possibly. Like, you know, but, but to be honest, like, you have to remember that Jake's done really well, bearing in mind that he's never boxed previously and found boxing, what was it, two or three years ago or whatever. Um, I know he's never beaten a boxer, but he's still beaten guys that have been around the fight sport and had boxing within the, you know, a form of their overall discipline. But if you can't beat, like, Tommy Fury is probably like four or five levels below getting into a top 15 world ranking and he could he couldn't beat him so it's very difficult to take that fight seriously other than just for a bit of a bit of banter really like i mean i'd quite like to see canelo Alvarez fight jake paul <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of us would how many pay-per-view <laughs> guys would a fight like that do eddie i don't i i think sometimes just because i don't think people are stupid like if a fight is not competitive or they can't be convinced it's competitive, they don't just buy it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to do a job in the promotion and you've got to show me something that says, that's actually quite interesting. Like, I know people are saying it's a mismatch, but I see that, I, I don't know. You know, that's, that's, how you've got, that's how you've got to convince the customer that it's worth tuning in. And sometimes you see a guy hit pads or you see and you just go oh no like you know like when Nate Diaz boxed Jake Paul yeah that I pad, was just watching, um, yeah and I was yeah. like even that's a mismatch against Jake Paul we did ask you then uh on the topic of pad footage it put, sort of puts it to to one side I know you did comment last week but there has Francis Ngannou has had a lot of critics regarding his pad footage now I know you came out and said your southern area comment um the, the pad footage is flying in, and, and and a week on, it's it's not got any better. Does does that put the fight at detriment in, in from like a a sales perspective? Well, I think people think it's a wind up from Francis and Garnet. Like Francis and Garnet. No, it's him. But front, they're like people going, "No, that can't be." That's he's literally said, "Put the camera on. I'm going to do something really bad." Like I'm gonna pretend that I say I pretend I've never boxed before. He's never boxed before, so like he's never had a professional fight. So you can't expect him to be any good. Like what are we expecting here? You know, Floyd Mayweather on the pads. Like he's never had a professional fight. So it's a bit like, obviously not like you or me because he's he has you know he's part of his arsenal if you like, but. Yeah, that's definitely real. 
does it, but does it put the fight from a pay-per-view perspective at detriment? Like, I think when it was first announced, now it's always the most hard argument to have because a lot of my friends are like avid UFC fans and don't watch boxing, and they were like, well, no, "Are you tuning?" But that, that I think the UFC guys they tune in. They know Francis and Garnu. It's the intrigue of. But the problem is when you show that kind of. Footage, That's what I mean. How's it spoiled? You me? just go, oh no! Like you just go. This, I mean, he. From a physical durability point of view, he won't be able to go more than four or five rounds at pace, at any at any kind of pace. Like he'll be gassed, so gassed, because he won't realise what's happening in there and he's never experienced it before. But also, it's very likely his chin's not great against a, a, a legitimate puncher. He can't punch with any... Um, danger because he just doesn't know how to punch correct like you can just see it so it's really up to Tyson what he does really up to Tyson like if he wants he can take him out in the first round he can play with him a little bit and then let him gas out and just stop him on his feet you know but it's not you know it, it, listen it's, a, it's an event I understand the event the, you know UFC heavyweight champion world heavyweight champion just don't expect anything um um, competitive. Okay. Finally, on last week's state of affairs, before we look forward to this week, it was rumoured uh, that Showtime's contract isn't being re- uh, renewed. Uh, PBC's contract with Showtime isn't being renewed. It's now um, sort of been confirmed or heavily rumoured since by Dan Raphael. We know that you've made your comments on it. What does it mean for boxing, Eddie? I, I think it was you that maybe come out and said that Amazon Prime or someone could emerge as a potential candidate. Obviously, we've got the zone. A lot of things moving away. More subscriptions needed. Is is it is it slightly worrying for the sport? Oh, I think that yeah. There's a lot of people. I think. Um... Stephen Espinosa is like Marmite, right? You either love him or you hate him. And it's probably similar to me as well. So there's a lot of people running around celebrating. You know, I'm getting messages. Oh, I can't believe it, Espinosa. The reality is we need we need Showtime, really. We need Stephen Espinosa in boxing. Like the, the people that are passionate about the sport, pushing the sport, spending money on the sport. So it's a huge blow to PBC, but it's also a huge blow to boxing to lose showtime from the sport. So um, it solidifies really that the two players in US boxing now are ESPN and DAZN. And, you know, PBC's job now, again, I'm only reading what you're reading and obviously slightly at a deeper level of people telling me for a while now this was going to happen, even though I said it and everyone laughed at me. Um, PBC will look for another broadcaster. You know, and that's where I did. I, you know, Amazon was just a name that I threw in. Amazon, I don't know, Apple, like Netflix, whoever could be. But their job now is to go and get a broadcast deal. So if you have a broadcast deal right now, you're in a great position. Um, but yeah, it's now it's a straight race between DAZN and ESPN. Eddie, this week, Lee Wood, Josh Warrington, the, the, the hype just emerged straight away when, when Lee Wood went on the MMA hour last night. Um, did it with uh, oh god what's the Nottingham Forest manager Steve thought... Gibson Steve, uh, Steve yeah is it Steve yeah, Cooper Steve. yeah Steve Cooper yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it in case I was wrong when you came up Steve with... Gibson is the Middlesbrough chairman I don't know where I... yeah yeah um excited yeah oh, so excited I mean 
this feels like an old school throwback fight, really, to the days where before boxing turned mental, right? Before we started having misfits and, you know, <laughs> like various different stuff. This is a proper old school British classic. It just happens to also be for the world title. Like this is two two-time world champions. Josh looking to become a three-time world champion. Yeah, you've heard it all from me before. Not- Nottingham Leeds, Sheffield in the middle. Like it's just a, just a tremendous fight. And when you look at the fight, can you see anything else other than an absolute classic or a war? You know, and um, I think that I just can't wait. You know, I can't wait to see these two in a ring. Two top lads. Two top fighters, complete 50-50. Like you can have an argument either way for either guy. But it's going to be a great, great fight. And, you know, the undercard as well. Terry Harper against Cecilia Brackhouse for the Unified. Kieran Conway against Linus Adofia, great fight. Um, Janae Boston in a big step up. Hopi Price against Connor Coghill, really good domestic fight. Kobe McNamara, Nico Leviar's in a great fight. Cameron Vong as well, watch out for him. Super talent. It's a massive night of boxing on Saturday. I just wanted to pick this up, something I read last night, which is pretty remarkable when it's come to what Lee and Ben have done. Uh, this is the first time that Lee will head into a fight as the bookie's favourite um, mm. since February 2021. Now, that was against Reese Mould. Mm. Quite amazing. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see it as a 50-50, and I think that Lee's earned the right now to be the favourite in this fight. What he's done has been incredible. You know, his relationship with Ben and they've both just turned his career around. It's been amazing. But Josh Warrington is one determined little son of a bitch. I mean, like, he ain't going to stop. He's going to walk. And I said the other day, I think this fight might be over in six rounds because I think Warrington is going to attack him from the first bell. And he thinks that Wood is vulnerable. And, And, you know, I guess he's had some knockdowns, but he's been in with some heavy punches. But Warrington has got to be careful as well because Lee Wood can really punch. But I've got a funny feeling this might be over in six rounds and I think it'll be an absolute shootout. Um, On Josh Warrington itself, has his stock sort of almost gone up a little bit? Obviously, he had that defeat to Lopez. A lot of people questioned whether he was done at the highest level. Since then, Lopez went and put in that magnificent performance against Michael Conlon. Um, When we look at that fight, we know that Josh sort of took a little bit bit of a while to get going and finished quite strong. Has his stock risen? Do people maybe give him more looking at that? He's definitely risen since the defeat. But that was a close fight and he, he boxed poorly in the opening stages of that fight, but he took everything Lopez had. You know, if his chin still holds up how it is, you know, and he's still got that resistance, it's going to be a tough night for Leewood because of the work rate of Josh Warrington, but both guys supremely confident. And like I said, just a, a great all-British fight. Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. We seem to ask you every time I speak mm. to you, as well, I try to leave it till this far in the interview. Now, I believe it emerged that Qatar... And the UAE were two potential site hosts for that fight. Um, how does it work, sort of politically, with sort of I don't know com- competition in the Middle East now? Now the Saudi things coming through with with Fury Usyk, does it give them a bit more of a a, a well, ramp up to make the fight? We've had three. We've had three separate countries approach us for this fight, so it's not really about competition in the Middle East. It's just about 
who the fight works for. A lot of people are looking at boxing right now, but the numbers have to make sense for everybody, for the country, for us, for Joshua, for Wilder. You know, there's regular communications with Shelley Finkel, and we want to make the fight. We're also in talks for that fight to be in America, which I would love as well. But we want to get it made. You know, that's the ambition of AJ, of Wilder. And I think, like I said to you the other day, when you get a fight like uh, Fury against um, Usyk getting made, it makes everyone else go, come on, let's get ours made now. Me, Joshua, Wilder, all of them. So we're all keen to get it done. And, you know, just because it didn't pan out in one country doesn't mean it won't pan out in another country. And obviously as well, at the same time, even if the numbers are different, if there's an appetite from the fighters to make it happen, then most of the time it will happen. Eddie, off the back of Conor Ben's ring return, um, obviously we know that uh, I think you said in the week that you're ready to make the offer to the Sourlands to stage that Chris Eubank Jr. fight. Where are you at with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Frank's been out in that region for most of the week in meetings. Um, there is discussions ongoing about the fight taking place on December the 23rd. Um, but at the same time, you know, we would like to stage the fight in the UK. And if we can, you know, and there are, there have been some conversations with the British Boxing Board of Control. You know, I know there's the debate of he's not suspended at the moment. And right now we feel like he has the right to fight in this country, but they have to be comfortable as well. I think um, we probably give ourselves a week to try and nail that fight for December 23rd. Um, I do think it will happen. Obviously, you've got the situation of Fury against Usyk potentially happening on the 23rd. I'm not so sure. But right now, the target date for us for that fight is December 23rd. Obviously, that suspension being cleared was then challenged. Where are you at with that process? At the time, we expected it to be a six to eight, eight week sort of process. Now, it seems... Yeah, no, no, no firm date in terms of the actual hearing. Um, there are some discussions regarding how that um, hearing will take place in terms of the appeal. So I don't know. You know, it's certainly not something that's going to happen in October or November. So, you know, and again, like, uh, and this is the reason Conor Ben fought in September. Whilst he's clear to box, he will box and he will look to box. So we want to get the appeal wrapped up. But obviously, if it's going to be something that's going to take, you know, or stretch into December, January, he will fight in the meantime. From a promotional standpoint, is it almost quite funny every time, you know, you talk about this Chris Eubank Jr. fight, yet every time you load up Instagram, Conor Ben's calling out Mario Barrios and Keith Fer Yeah, I think he, he, you know, we don't put all the eggs in one basket. Like, and you can't do that. So we're talking to Mario Barrios. We're talking about other fights for him as well. But there's no point sort of trying to, like you know, play it cleverly. We want to fight Eubank. It's the biggest fight for both. It's a generational fight. And that's the fight to make. If we can't make that fight, Connor will fight in December, January at the very latest, and he will be in a massive fight next, whichever way it goes. Off the back of his return, Frank Warren hit out on the uh, on on the ballroom. Uh, I thought they were having the fight in the rooms where we usually have our press conferences in. Well, he's got to come back after his your call escapades, isn't it? But, you know, I mean, there's a difference between a, a site fee uh, for a lot of money in a, a major Orlando resort um, to Bethnal Green Baths with no air conditioning. But, you know, I still love your call, but unfortunately, uh, 
that when we receive a site fee for a major result, we go to the room that they suggest. That's also the room that, um, or the result that Amanda Serrano will defend her undisputed championships in in a couple of weeks. You were there. And I think Carib Royale got the thumbs up from everybody as a fantastic location. Um, just two more from me, finally. KSI Tommy Fury next week. Now, I know you've sort of discussed it and discussed the pay-per-view by so... I might go. Really? I might go. Yeah, I have actually spoke to my Why do I feel like your, your kids are absolutely... I know. Well, I've mentioned it to them. Like and, like, the first thing they asked me is, is Jimmy Sainz on the undercard? And uh, I said, no, not that <laughs> Um So, yeah, I think... I think... Mams... Calla, the zone, just done a. Fa- I mean, KSI obviously and Logan because they're partners on it. What a fantastic job on that fight and that card. Like, and it's not. I don't have to big this show up for the zone. I don't big anything up. I don't want to big up. But respect where respect is due. That is a banger, banger, and it's going to do massive numbers. Massive. I can't wait. Like, is Dylan Dennis actually going to show up? Like. And fight Logan Paul. I have no idea. Like, have what you, is going to happen? Have you managed to catch any of Dylan's interviews? He's saying that he's not got a coach and he's not got a team no. around him for the fight. What do you make of it? I don't think he can win the fight at all. But he's just been non-stop, hasn't he? I mean, he's been gold in terms of the promotion. But you never know with him. He's a bit of a crazy one. He'll probably say, "I'm not coming unless you give me another couple of hundred grand." Like this is just, you know. And then you got this legal case, haven't you, going on? I don't know what, but Absolutely. yeah, it's a big, big event. Big event. Do you sort of, is there any part of you that wishes you were promoting it? No, because it's a, it's a madness world that I'm all right to stay out of. Do you know what I mean? But I still, it doesn't, you know, I'm not too proud to say when something's great or when a promotion's been fantastic or whether a show's good. I think it's fantastic, this show. It's just not, it's, a, it's not a world. It's a world that I'm happy to just step back from and just concentrate on what I love, which is professional boxing. Finally from me, Billy Joe Saunders, an interview with Simon Jordan, uh, teased a ring return back end of the year at £175 before a sort of early spring return at £168. Two and a half years since he's boxed, which is actually pretty mad when you think about it. Um, But he says that you are the man to take him forward with those next steps. Anything that you're sort of looking forward towards at 168 down the line? Yeah, everybody. I mean, look, I think... Billy, Billy, I think he's in a great place in terms of his life, in terms of the way he's matured, to actually have a good run there. I mean, I saw him the other day in the gym with kids, teaching the kids. Like, you have to understand, this guy has got so much to offer the sport in terms of his fighting, in terms of his knowledge, in terms of his boxing brain, in terms of his punditry. You know, you may say that I want to get him doing some punditry at Wood Warrington. I think certain people, it's a bit like Sonny. I think Sonny is one of the best commentators. Sometimes he talks a little bit too much in during the fight. But I think he's one of the best comments, like co-commentators out there. And I think Billy Joe has got the kind of boxing brain that would just be fascinating to listen to on a broadcast. I think he's grown up. I think he's one of, not a dying personality in the sport, but as in like a sport that every sport's becoming a lot more serious and scientific, and he's like an old-school guy, a character. Like, like him, hate him, I don't know. But there's still massive fights for him, and he's a brilliant talent. So I'm looking forward to welcoming him back. And, you know, the key now is just to get in shape for that December fight 
and then line him up for a massive fight in the spring. Eduardo van der Hearn, I've just thought of one more, and if I don't ask you, I'd be very stupid. Um, Anthony Joshua is taking over and training with Ben Davison. Um, I spoke to a couple members of the team on Saturday. I won't say who, but they uh, they 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 just seem to think it's the most incredible partnership. Uh, I know it's only for the time being, and and he he does look to to remain with with, with Derek James. But um, what what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, just that really. I mean, AJ's with Derek James one hundred percent. Ben is a fantastic coach and I think has the kind of mind that AJ would tick with. And, <laughs> you know, AJ's the kind of guy who doesn't like to be out of camp too long. And there is a chance he fights in December. So if that's the case, he wanted these couple of weeks just to sharpen his tools before he heads into camp in Dallas with, with Derek. And, you know, he speaks with Ben a lot and just, just wanted to just tick over with him before he heads back to base with Derek James. Eddie, top man, thank you for speaking to us at Boxing. Are you in Sheffield, yeah? See you in Sheffield quickly before I lose you. I told you I was going to ask you a random. Well, what have I got to do now? Go um, well, actually, can you do what you said, what you did at the start about what, what did you say? Don't get lemon broth. Sports Social Podcast Network.